1: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
2: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: The less your
0: business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle.
3: This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show. We explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scarlett Fu and Mike Lynch. And we are lucky to have two guests at the same time. Michelle Wee West, you know, the PG, WPGA golfer who is excellent. And uh, Wale Oh o- Wait, I'm going to get this right. Wale Ogunlier. I always practice that because I remember I talked to you last time. and I had to practice that. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. I hope I didn't mess up anybody's name too bad.
4: No, you did, you did a good job. Thanks for thanks for having, <laughs> me. Thanks for having me.
3: Well, let's talk about uh, what we're here to, to talk about first of all, and that is what you are behind. You are the head of sports and entertainment for athletes and entertainers, the strategic client segment, and, uh, and both of you guys are involved in this. Can you explain to us uh, about everything from front office to what's this all about
4: yeah so greatly i like, think you hit it on the head from, from my perspective I, I run the athlete and entertainer segment here at ubs and a part of that uh initiative is really just figuring out how to change the narrative on the way the world views athletes and we teamed up with players tv um who created this uh, with us created a show called front office And front office puts some of your most high-profile, celebrated athletes um, and uh, behind-the-scenes look at their ecosystem of how they look at things. And because athletes all the time get pitch deals, uh, we felt like it it would be great to have a show where we put uh, someone like Michelle on TV and go through the process of how she picks the brands and companies that she aligns herself with. So it was a great opportunity for us, again, I think, to change the narrative. Too many times I think negatively uh, when athletes do you know things, those get the headlines. But we want to make sure that the 99% of athletes that do things the right way and have great business sense and business savvy and really to create things, have a platform to um, show the world really how amazing they get things done off of the golf course in Michelle's Michelle's case. So, again, I think it was a great opportunity for us, and I'm um, just so happy that Michelle was one of the, the athletes that uh, joined on, on, on Season 1 of uh, Front Office.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the tweet that Michelle tweeted out that has a trailer of uh, Front Office, and it's pretty cool to see all the different athletes in their business gear uh, walk into a boardroom and, and get ready to, to hear out pitches. Michelle, uh, Wally talked about how you... As an athlete, you get pitched deals all the time. I'm sure that happens on the golf course uh, when you're not competing necessarily. What are some of the? Can you can you recollect for us some of the deals that you've been pitched on the golf course in the past that that made no sense or that really resonated with you?
0: Yeah, um, you know, I think that's a that's a great thing about golf, and you know, this is why you know I've been really working to help diversify the game because. You know, as we all know, there's a lot of business deals that happens on the golf course. And, um, you know, even if you don't play professionally, um, it's a really great asset to have in the business world. And um, it's been great. You know, we play in a pro-am every week, and it's where we're paired with three amateurs. A lot of the times they're sponsors for the tournament. And, you know, that's turned into, you know, corporate sponsorships for me personally um, and Playing golf is a great way to meet people. And, you know, that's kind of how I got into this world of investing. Um, I'm definitely a newbie of the bunch here. So been, you know, trying to learn as I go. And it's been really fun. But, yeah, I mean, some of the um, companies I've invested in, I've invested in Oxygen, Water, and um, Tonal. And, um, yeah, a lot's happened on the golf course. A lot's happened, you know, <laughs> just with friends playing. and They're like, oh, you need to try this product. And, you know just learning the, about the company, so this whole experience is a lot of fun.
5: hey Michelle. it's Mike up in in Boston. what do you use as a filter because I'm sure you just just a barrage of things coming at you. What do you use as a filter something that you would uh, consume yourself something that you'd want to be a part of?
0: Yeah, I mean I think um, first and foremost, you have to like the product um, and but you know, more importantly, I look at the the entrepreneur. Um, I look at who's leading the company um, because I do a lot of angel investing, and you know, with angel investing, as we all know, you know, startups can change direction. Um, what you the product in the beginning may not be the product that ends up in the end. So, you know, a lot of times I I I look to see who the entrepreneur is, and if I believe in them, I believe that even if they change direction, that they'll make it through the end. Um, You know, recently I invested in Sportsbox AI, and, you know, the founder is one of the smartest women that I know, Um, and she played out on tour, and she is very knowledgeable about, you know, 3D technology. Um, So it's companies like that that I get really interested about. Um, You know, another aspect is, you know, companies that have the same, that aligns with me, the the same mission, um, you know, sustainability mission, um, anything to help diversify the game of golf. Um, obviously, I love investing in companies that are, you know, women owned, minority owned. Um, so, that's, so that, those are some of the things that I, I look, look at.
3: I'd like to ask either Michelle, who is on the LPGA, or Wally, who used to play 11 years in the NFL. So, I have my $22.50, my life savings. And I want to invest in this. Can you take us through the process of what someone has to do, or can anybody do it?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think I'll start off. Ultimately, and what you'll see from the front office show is you have to get people around you that you respect, um, that you trust their judgment, and more importantly, are smarter than you. Um, you know, the, I think when it comes to investing, no matter what it is, look at the big picture. And, and if you feel like you're the smartest person in the room, you know, get out of the room immediately, because um, <laughs> it's just, a, it's just not a recipe for, for success. And when it even came to our own, you know, sports careers, we had to have people who helped us, even though we may have been able to play the game, then the people that have coached us they still were able to provide knowledge and advice and be critical um, in, in ways that helped us become the best at, at what we did. So I say, first and foremost, surround yourself with, with a team um, that is um, knowledgeable, but, again, that you trust and is going to give you the, the God-honest truth um, on what you should be getting involved in.
3: Well, Michelle, if I'm the smartest person in the room. I'm in the Mojave Desert because I know for sure that what Wale said is exactly right. Uh, can you give us your thoughts about investing in something like this?
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with Wale. I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room when it comes to you know people that I trust. Um, and one thing I would also like to add is that you, you should be wary of surrounding yourself with just yes people. Um, people that just agree with you all the time. I think it's really important when you um, find a group of people that you trust, but also respect each other enough that you can say no to each other um, and disagree. I think that's where the smartest decisions come from. A lot of times, you know, you can get really excited about a product, but, you know, one thing doesn't work out or one thing doesn't match up. And, you know, you have to have those people in the room that kind of, calm me down you know be like relax let's look at this another way you know I don't think this is a good thing um you know just and it's kind of I relate it back to having a caddy Mm -hmm. you know I went through a lot of caddies in my career so far um and I've always struggled with the caddies that just said yes to everything you know I'm just like you know I get really excited about let's say it's like 250 over water carry and you know I don't have like a great lie but you know I think I can do it you know, because I'm so confident in myself. But then you kind of have to have, you know, a caddy or, you know, an in, investing situation, you know, someone that you trust in your group to tell you, hey, let's let's hold off a second here. You know, is that the smartest play? Um, and so it's so i be like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, that looks great. That looks great. Um, you know, someone that's just comfortable with just saying yes.
1: Yeah, you definitely need someone to push back on and push back against you as well um, to, to get some – distance and objectivity. Wally as a financial advisor um, to professional players and former professional players, I'm curious how you advise or you would talk to athletes and former athletes about how to invest. Because Michelle mentioned angel investing. We talked about endorsement deals. What about traditional investing, buying stocks, buying bonds, and then some of the alternative assets like cryptocurrencies, like NFTs? I don't know, like timber or something a little bit uh, further out of reach, a little bit less liquid. How do you talk to athletes in terms of how much money they should put in liquid assets versus things that are a little more, a little more inaccessible and, and longer-term plays?
4: Yeah, great question. I, I think no overall, and I think this is kind of the misconception that the athletic world and when it comes to finance and what, what, what we – sometimes subscribe to is putting everyone in a cookie cutter type mentality. The truth of the matter is, and this is why I even love the front office is that you're seeing different aspects of different individuals and different athletes from different walks of life. And to put each person in this, this is what you should do. This is what you should invest in. This is what company you can without understanding the big picture of You know, who's depending on you? Uh, Do you have a family? What's your future goals? What's the plan? How long are you going to play for? What's Like, it's so hard for, I think, athletes to find the right advice for people who are really interested in understanding who they are, Hmm. building real relationships. And then that's when our advisors dig in into trying to develop an investment plan. If you wanted to ask me today... Hey, should we be investing in Bitcoin? I need to know the big picture first. So, I think that's kind of the mistake I think the industry has has done for athletes is the sense that we we try to put everyone all in one category and this is how it should be. When the truth of the matter is, we're we're so mono, we're not monolithic. We're different, and um, our approaches should be different. So, well, so it goes I amb- back to it goes back to again surrounding yourself with the your right with your right advisors that are going to understand um, why it's important for you to um, have this money that you've earned last generations.
5: So I want to follow up on that while I – and, Michelle, both of you, going back to your, your playing days and your, your um, and golfing days, Michelle – I'm involved in a, in a campaign here in Massachusetts for financial literacy. It's called Credit for Life. And basically, we take high school students that are juniors and pretend they're 25 years old, and they go around to stations, and they got to pay for the utilities, their apartment. they got to pay for their car, a little bit for vacation, clothing, food, et cetera, et cetera. And these 1,100 kids walk out of the gymnasium with their mouths wide open saying, Huh? What? Do you did you find that there's t- 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 if t- if we all had a do over would financial literacy be a mandatory course in say high school or college?
0: I mean, yeah, sure. I think about, education so, is everything. Um, you know, I don't ever remember. I think I, there was like one class in high school talking about taxes and you know what mortgages are um and I didn't listen <laughs> because you know I just I mean it didn't seem real to me at that time right I mean I was like oh I've got 4 years of college in front of me I don't have to be an adult for a very long time and then bam when I became an adult I was like what is all of this <laughs> I was like I don't know anything and it's scary it's scary because being an adult hits you in the face so hard so fast and when you're not ready for it, and especially being a professional athlete when you have, you know, I mean, I was in a very fortunate situation where, you know, I was surrounded by, you know, financial managers and CPAs um, and very fortunate that, you know, they're very trustworthy people that I could lean on them. But, you know, you hear horror stories of, you know, professional athletes getting swindled out of their money or making, you know, unwise purchases. Um, And it's, it's, Education is everything, and being able to have that financial knowledge um, is everything. Still, to this day, I'm Googling everything, or I'm emailing my CPA and be like, what does this mean? <laughs> I have no idea.
4: <laughs> know. You know, and I'll, I'll follow up on that. I agree with Michelle in the sense that I, you know, I played in the league for 11 years and you know, made tons of money, and still, I, I, I didn't understand what a basis point was until I went back to school and got my MBA, um, and what's crazy about that is that you know I've heard that word so many times and advisors were telling me this is what they're going to charge me in basis points, and I would just nod my head. I was one of those, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, okay, I got it, but I didn't. so I definitely feel like financial education would have would have helped me um, at least get the right foot forward. and I think what we're doing at UBS is where even if you're seeing the content that we create, look the, the the conversations we're having, we're speaking these lang- these con- we have these conversations in languages that people understand uh, finances if you listen to it it's so heavy in jargon um it's it's a foreign language for people and we want to start having conversations like you're talking to your wife or to your best friend or to your grandmother or to or to, uh, to anyone on the street and be able to not be confused and not have to always have to google things or look it up in what in the dictionary of, of what this term means and uh, so financial education, I think, is going to play a major role in what we're doing here at UBS. I'm glad that, um, you know, Michelle has said the part that she had, sorry about that, had great um, advisors in her, in, in her past. But the truth of the matter is, if you don't understand your, your, the advice you're getting and the investment you're making and you're successful, you got lucky. Hmm. And we don't want to, you know... Um, rely on luck we want to rely on our own knowledge so that's why i'm pushing us the industry all of our competitors to step the game up when they're dealing with these athletes and help teach them um, about the things they're investing in not just making this a transactional type relationship
3: wale Leah and michelle we west you guys are so kind to talk with us we thank you so much Michelle, good luck on your comeback on the LPGA. I think doing it as a pro athlete mom is something special just to tell the kid, okay, eat your vegetables. Mom's got to go win a tournament. Thank you so much. And I wish you luck on the LPGA.
2: Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders